Welcome to Wingtorn. This is a story of a young man with an oath to avenge his parents, a young woman hiding secrets in her blood, and the intertwining fates of three on a mission to prevent all-out war between humans and the Fae. Because what fell before will rise again. This is a fantasy serial podcast. Written and performed by Claire C. Marshall. Book 3, Arrest. Chapter 13, Riona. The Fey Militia, led by Ricklar de Dienel, surrounded Riona and Connor. They illuminated the marsh with their magic and their enchanted blades. Around them, the river, the expanse of the wetlands. There was nowhere to flee but to the sky, impossible for Riona. Before them, Olivan groaned, rubbing his head from where he'd fallen on the boardwalk before the Fey. Riona shielded Connor with her left arm, for even his uncontrolled, potent command of his talent would be no match for a seasoned warrior like Ricklar. I wondered when you would find me, Shenu, he said, his voice low. The old stances came naturally. In one fell swoop, Riona released the binds on her cloak and the fabric fell listlessly to the ground. There was no need to hide anymore. She would need the flexibility of movement if she was to save them both. The eyes of each fay in Ricklar's band, large and shiny in the darkness, scrutinized her with utter disdain. Torn wings were one of the harshest punishments in fay society. She felt them wonder about her past crimes. None of them knew the truth. There was solace to be had in that. White flames engulfed the hands of the youngest among the Fae. So Larsk had remained with his father, despite everything she had tried to do for him. She detested that he looked so confident, so smug, as if traveling around Drazanian, committing murder at his father's behest, had made him an accomplished warrior. His command of magic likely trumped hers. No doubt Ricklar had provided the best education to his son to ensure his legacy of bloodshed against humans would carry on. She recognized Bedosi as well, a middle-aged fay with magenta skin, ears rippling with rings, and braided black hair that draped down her back. She hissed at Riona under her breath, jutting her pointed chin in provocation as she drew and twirled her blades. The rest were new faces to Riona. A tall, muscular fay with limp silver hair and sky-blue skin raised her mace in her left hand and summoned a warning swirl of blue energy with the other. An older fay with dark emerald skin, sharper than usual cheekbones, and a lean build squinted her yellow eyes in disdain at Riona. Along with Larsk, they stood uncomfortably in the marshy grasses, shifting their weight to avoid water seeping into their boots, or to prevent the grasses from tickling their bare feet. 
She wondered if the other fae she had faced in battle had retreated to some secret lair, or if they had realized traveling with Ricklar was dangerous business, or if they were just dead, killed in the line of duty, or by Ricklar's hand. Beside her, Connor's rage frosted the boardwalk, and his hands trembled with magic. The air snapped around his wet curls. Judging by Ricklar's amused grin, he had already sized up Connor and thought him dead already. Don't come any closer, Riona warned him, raising her left hand. She had not released her magic. That would be unwise, as they were outnumbered and outmatched. I thought you detested poison. Ricklar nodded. I do. With the flick of his wrist, two of his followers, Bedosi and a purple-skinned fae with silvery spiked hair and a long chin braid, grabbed a recovering olivine and flew high above them with a grin. They would drop the would-be imperial into the marsh on Ricklar's command. This slobbering idiot says he's your friend, was sniffing around the outskirts like a puppy dog. Sent him to look for me, did you? Foolish boy, Riona thought, as Olivan struggled pointlessly against the fae holding him aloft. I'm surprised you sent a scav to do your dirty work. Ricklar smiled a little. I was going to make Kentinar's death a surprise, for when you and the Taktaradun arrived, but it seems he was delayed. Yet Riona had felt Fingal alive. What did you do to Fingal? she demanded coolly. Probably the same thing he did to my parents. Connor said, suddenly, advancing a step. The other three fae readied their defenses as Connor's uncontrolled emotions disturbed the nature around them. A sudden torrent whipped the tall grasses, and the fae restraining Olivine in the air looked worried. Connor had been right. Without training, he would get them all killed. Ricklar's attention on Connor deepened as his toothy grin widened. The wild magic in this one is palatable. Is this the one who did? Just as Riona prepared to lunge, left palm extended, Connor's rage erupted in brown and blue streaks from his fingers, his chest, and his ears. Streams of energy whipped through the air. Riona barely ducked in time as a rush of magical energy soared over her head and landed in the marsh. Wasted, one zipped towards Olivan and his flying captors. They narrowly avoided the blow. Another whipped towards Ricklar. Ricklar drew a longsword from a scabbard hanging at his waist. A magical flame rolled down the blade, fiercely piercing the night and illuminating secret runed designs carved into the metal. The scent of his magic infiltrated Riona's nose as the warrior fae sliced the air with the blade, cutting Connor's magical shot at him in half. The brown and blue magic sizzled and dissolved into wood splinters and wet puddles on the boardwalk. 
This only infuriated Connor further. Before he could unleash another round, Ricklar took to the air and flew around them tauntingly and heavily, hacking and slashing his sword so close she smelt Connor's hair singe from the flames. Ricklar laughed as he flicked his wrist, and suddenly Connor lifted, somersaulted against his will in midair, and was thrown like a limp doll into the shallow marsh. The other fae took this as permission to enter the fray against Riona, and she took no time to check on Connor's well-being. Ricklar advanced. So did the muscular fae with the silver hair and sky-blue skin. Larsk, eager to show off and dazzle Riona, hurled his white flames in her direction. She focused her will, feeling the weight of the draclage on her belt as she drew energy from the spirit mother and the surrounding marsh, the water, the grass, the wood beneath her, to form a temporary shield around her body. The white flames bounced off her defenses. Riona struggled to keep the shield's integrity as the muscular face struck it repeatedly with her mace and bare fist. Ricklar pounded her defenses from all sides, hovering just out of reach. Get away from... Connor shouted as he emerged from the marsh, dripping wet and furious, and completely oblivious to the elderly fae beelining for him, hands alight. Connor! She shouted at him and thrust her failing shield like a blast away from her body, throwing the muscular fae, the elderly fae, and Larsk backwards. Connor, too, was caught in the blast and stumbled backward off the boardwalk ledge once more into the marsh, confused. Even Ricklar had been caught in her blast, she noted. On her right side, he emerged from the waters, and his fire sword hissed as he dragged it through the marsh, leaving a trail of embers and smoke in his wake. His face snarled in embarrassment and fury. No one got the best of him and lived. Father, called Larsk suddenly as he flitted to the skies from where he'd fallen on the boardwalk and pointed his flaming hands away from Riona towards Drohoven. As Connor struggled to find his footing once more on the boardwalk, Riona swore under her breath as Lieutenant Wiggins Choate led five Imperials, all on horseback, towards them. Choate held up a hand, and the six of them abruptly halted, their horses protesting as some stepped off the walkway and into the grassy marsh. They fanned out to block any hope Riona had of escaping back towards Drohoven. Surely they didn't think they could take on Ricklar D. Dianel and win. Choate swiftly surveyed the scene and drew her sword, prompting the other Imperials to produce their weapons. The lieutenant looked to Connor, glaring fiercely, her face drenched in sweat, and finally she looked to the fae, recoiling bug-eyed at the sight of them, even though she had approached them. Their horses seemed ill at ease with the magical energy swirling about the marsh as they whinnied and lifted their legs nervously in place. It took a great deal of prodding and cajoling for the Imperials to maintain control of the beasts. Fae have returned! It was a sign of impending attack! Kill them all! 
Choate shouted with vigor and thrust her sword into the air. Restrain the boy and the girl and... She looked up to see Olivan struggling with his fey captors in the sky. We are here to rescue you, Olivan. Do not fear. Dispatch them, Ricklar ordered offhandedly to the elderly fey, the muscular fey, and his son as he set his sights on Riona. He would battle her himself. Then, chaos. Choate charged the muscular warrior fay and clashed her sword against the fay's mace, though her horse took a magical blow and toppled onto the boardwalk. The elderly fay nimbly raced for three imperials, whose short-lived confidence and laughs died as she took on all three, dodging their sword swings with ease as she lifted into the air and sent three successive blasts of blue-tinted energy straight into their chests. A young man, not much older than Connor and Olivin, and just as green, locked eyes with Riona and seemed determined to bring her in as a prize. So determined, he tripped over Choate's fallen horse and smashed onto the sodden walkway. The stiff and administrative sergeant was the only one who refused to charge. Dimly, Riona remembered she had knocked him unconscious back at the inn. As his face paled in the magical light, he urged his horse to turn tail. Leaning forward, he attempted to flee the battle. Larsk, laughing, threw his white flames at the Imperial and struck him square between the shoulder blades. He tumbled off his horse into the marsh as his mount fled towards Drohoven. As the Imperials clashed with the Fey Militia, a cacophony of magical scents ranging from the floral to the fungal competed for dominance with each other and with the frantic stink of the Imperials, their horses in the marsh. Ricklar advanced on Riona and she had no choice but to defend herself. Time stretched as she crafted her magic. The well was seemingly endless, yet it was tiring to return every minute, to conjure energy, to wield it wildly, or refine it with the surrounding elements. She darted backward, anything to create distance between her and Ricklar's flaming sword and indomitable will. The inexperienced Imperial found his footing once more and stumbled towards her, sword raised and offhand reaching for her belt. She dodged his blow, but his hand caught on the tenuous knot holding the draclage in place. The item rolled through the fray, across the wooden boards, and plopped into the dark waters, disappearing from sight. No, she couldn't lose it. It was solid proof of Kentinaw's demise. Ricklar swatted the Imperial like a fly, just as Connor zipped in from behind her, grunting and bringing all of his determination and anger to the moment to cover his extreme exhaustion as he once again attempted to engage Ricklar, just as Riona was about to initiate another blowback attack. Re, what are you... As Ricklar swung his magical flaming sword once more, and Larsk, too, appeared from the sky with his white flames to bear down on them both, Connor narrowly managed to escape the line of fire as Riona drew from the marsh, mixing it with the magic from the spirit mother, and seized Ricklar's sword, hurling it away and blasting father and son backward. 
Unfortunately, Connor tripped and fell into Choate, who grabbed his tunic and promptly was distracted by the magic-wielding elderly Fay, who was a far more menacing threat as she hurled fire at both of them. Connor fell to the boardwalk and crawled out of the way of the many storming Imperial and Fay feet, trying not to become overwhelmed while underfoot. As Riona's head spun and the voice in the back of her mind threatened to invade, she dared not blink as she watched Connor scurry within the fray. She hadn't meant for him to endure the blast, now or then, but shouldn't he have realized her plan? That she would use magic to blow back her many advancing enemies as she had in the past, as Connor would if he had a firmer grasp of his talent? His instincts had yet to be honed, she realized. He had had no teacher to mold him as she had been molded. She hadn't informed him enough about the Draclage. Before she could search the marsh for the lost evidence, she was besotted again by Ricklar, flitting around her with his massive wings, twirling his retrieved sword menacingly close to her flammable hair and clothing. Every move she made, he blocked. He'd likely seen the Draclage, and he wouldn't allow her to fetch it. She swept her long hair back out of her face and bent her knees slightly, putting the weight on the balls of her feet, ready to spring into action. You haven't been practicing. Your forms are sloppy. My offer stands, Ricklar chided as he circled her. And my answer will always be the same. She drew from the ground and threw her anger at him in a magenta-colored hot blast, which he easily deflected. What would your mother say? He said. She'd be disappointed Riona wasn't practicing, yet impressed at her power and resourcefulness. She touched the back of her head. Could she see her servant taunting her daughter? Was this part of her plan, or was this Ricklar having his fun? As Ricklar spouted off more nonsense, movement in the sky grabbed her attention. Olivan, struggling. Bedowsi and the other spiky-haired fae kept a grip, but as Bedowsi noticed Riona's concern, she grinned. Shrugging conspiratorially with her companion, they released the Stovel boy. Connor was too absorbed in managing spells and his emotions, defending and dodging an Imperial Guard and Larsk attacking them both to notice his friend tumbling through the air. Acting quickly, Riona dispatched the Imperial, who attempted to grab her wings and urged the marsh to rise up like a pillowy, watery platform that towered above the boardwalk. Olivan splashed into the grass atop the controlled water, and she lowered it like a feather to the ground. Stunned, he shot up and nearly lost his balance. Move! she shouted at him. Bewildered, he complied, seizing the sword of a fallen Imperial and rushed for the horses, issuing a flurry of curses as he trudged through the sodden grass and muck. The valiant rescue had drained her energy and her focus on the greatest threat. 
Ricklar snatched her long, dark hair and tossed her to the boardwalk and dragged her across the planks like a hunter returning home with his bagged prize. Her wings fluttered randomly in protest as she scrambled to gain purchase, then attempted to wrest her head away, willing to sacrifice her hair for her life. This only amused him. He hoisted her up by the neck suddenly, and her wings drove the air around her, trying to do the very thing she could not do ever again. Around her, the other fey militia gathered, eager to watch the daughter of Queen Catriona be defeated by Ricklar de Dianel in whatever despicable manner he chose. He held his flaming sword aloft, staring daggers at Connor or anyone who would dare approach in an attempt to rescue her. Connor, hands on his knees, looked up at Riona helplessly. There was no sign of Olivan. The craven had probably taken a horse and gone back to his comfortable life. As she struggled, she caught glimpses of the Imperials behind her making a run at the other fay, though the militia drove them back as if they were children throwing rocks at wolves. Ricklar tightened his grip on her neck, not enough to restrict her airflow, but to regain her attention. He wanted her to look him in the eye as he finished her off with a flourish. Cantona was all too eager to help a battle-scarred man in need, and even more eager to receive a gesture of thanks in the form of some inscribed trinket. Did you believe we wouldn't learn of your little rendezvous with your old friend? Fingal must have arranged it while he left Ashdown, or prior to that, and had never shared it with her. Look where that had gotten them. Separated. Filthy. Alone. But she was not alone. She had Connor. Despite what they'd both suffered, he had not left her. She hardened her resolve against Ricklar and studied his face, his movements, the position of his arm holding her above the boardwalk. She stopped, struggling. Just do it. He mused on this, weighing his options. Apparently, you need to be kept alive. But you can lose a limb, another wing, and still retain. Riona slid her gaze to Connor. Would he understand what she wanted? Could she trust him to understand? Was she someone worth trusting after everything she had done? His eyebrows lifted. His lips parted slightly. A nod. An agreement passed between them as she held out her hand towards him. Draw, she told him. You're listening to Wingtorn. Today's episode is brought to you by Stars in Her Eyes, book one of the Sparkstone Saga. 
Superpowered teens fight a secret alien invasion in Alberta, Canada in this fast-paced adventure by author Claire C. Marshall. Read the prologue in the first three chapters for free at sparkstonesaga.com. That's sparkstonesaga.com. And now, Wingtorn continues. as the word was out of her mouth, she panicked. Perhaps he would misunderstand, or it would be too difficult or energetic a task. But as easily as inhaling, he drew wild magic from the spirit mother. His curls whipped in the magical wind created by his chaotic, uncontrolled grasp of the magic, and he threw back his head as a torrent of wind passed through his body and gathered in a massive, swirling cloud above him. It was far too much. But there would be time to lecture him later. As the Fae and Imperials alike marveled at the sight of pure, chaotic energy, Riona siphoned the cloud and dug her fingernails into Ricklar's exposed arm, and at great risk to her sanity, she broke his skin. While not more than a paper cut, the blood was what mattered, and she smeared her thumb in it, grabbed a palmful of the chaotic energy, and channeled it into the cut beneath Ricklar's skin. He dropped her immediately as the white energy entered his veins and zipped up his arm like lightning. Roaring in agony, his ire only antagonized the other fay further. As they advanced on her, she drew more fistfuls of the energy and threw it like an inspired artist onto canvas, drawing from the marsh to temper the spirit mother's pure chaos. One by one, Riona pushed them backward into the marsh, Two of the Imperial soldiers flanking her turned tail back for Drohoven. Ricklar, several feet away, panted as he fumbled for his sword. Blood magic. You are just like her. No, I'm not, Riona said firmly. She was nothing like her mother, and she never, ever would be. Tucking her wings, she dodged Ricklar's far less coordinated attack and darted behind one of the Imperial horses to catch her breath. The day was catching up with her. The fight had more than decimated Connor. Sweat dripped from his face and fingers as he threw his untrained attacks at one fay and then another while trying to keep Choate's soldiers from catching him. He stumbled frantically about the boardwalk, as if drunk, and finally tripped on himself and face-planted. She hadn't prepared him for this. He wasn't ready. Next time, he would be. Ricklar swept the chaos of the battle for Riona and then took to the sky to nurse his blood magic wound. Good. The elderly fay noticed his absence and flew after him. Choate, meanwhile, seemed to believe the muscular fay was the true threat. She engaged with her heavily and made headway with her blows, though this only further amused the fay. As Riona darted out from behind the horse to aid Connor, suddenly Larsk grabbed her by the torn wing and tossed her into the marsh. The grass and something else slimy engulfed her arms. 
Waterlogged and fueled purely by a single determination to escape this battle, she struggled for purchase as Larsk leapt from the boardwalk into the air, white-flamed hand held aloft as he descended rapidly upon her. Poor, trapped Larsk. She rolled, kicked up water in his face, and ran through the marshes back to the boardwalk towards a group of horses who had lost their imperial riders. Olivan had managed to calm one and untangle the reins of another from an unconscious Imperial. You're not with them, Olivan said, gesturing to the fighting Fay in astonishment and relief. Finally, he was catching on. Finish with the horses. I'll grab Connor. Olivan dodged an errant blast of earthy-smelling magic and attempted to mount an agitated horse as she ran for Connor. Easy to spot as Larsk and Bedowsi taunted him with their attacks. Connor could barely stand as they launched blast after blast, most deliberately missing him, others hitting him in the feet or the shins, designed to bring him to his knees. At last he collapsed and wobbled as he willed himself to get up one more time to do one more attack. Riona, feeling the clutch of exhaustion intensely, barreled towards them, hiking her torn dress to leap over unconscious imperials and fallen horses, screaming to keep herself in the moment. She didn't care when Larsk and Bedosi turned their attentions towards her and lobbed magical flames and energy her way, singeing her dress and feet. As she drew a knife from her belt, in the corner of her eye, Riona noted Olivan confidently riding one of the horses and guiding the reins of another away from the battle. She also didn't care that her aggressive stance had attracted Choate's attention. Sergeant Kerr, they're getting... The muscular fay clunked Lieutenant Choate on the back of the head, and she fell unconscious off the boardwalk and into the march. She had no idea that her second-in-command had long ago abandoned her. Your human familiar has failed. You have lost, Larsk said, readying one more white flame. Beads of sweat pooled on his hairline and sharply defined collarbone. Bedosi grinned, delighting at the idea of winning. Surrender to the militia, or we will kill the... Although they were just dark blobs in the sky, she noted Ricklar and the elderly Fay were returning to the fray. There was no time for this. She slashed her knife at them, randomly shouting words in the Fay tongue as if to create some kind of incantation. And both Larsk and Bedowsi instinctively leapt away. If you think the wound I gave Ricklar is worrying, be afraid. I can do far more with a single cut than you can do with your graceless flames, she warned. Bedowsi, unfazed, launched herself at Riona. Noting the bare skin on her shoulder, Riona sliced there and pressed a hand against it. Bedosi recoiled, intense fear surging across her face. Riona grinned. She had not invoked magic, but she could have. She kept swinging the knife as Connor stumbled towards her. His unfocused gaze found hers, and he grabbed her for balance. She wouldn't ask him for more magic. He likely had little left to give. 
She gripped his underarm and said in his ear, Oliver is safe. Run! Realizing the truth of her words, he surged into the marsh with her. Bedosi and Larsk took to the skies, but didn't immediately follow. Connor and Riona kicked up water and nearly tripped over grass as they struggled to put distance between them and the battle. Did you do blood magic back there? Connor demanded. Isn't that... Escape first, questions later, she retorted. They caught up with Olivan, who wrestled with keeping both horses under control. They were likely used to navigating the marsh, but unused to Olivan's rough commands and unease in the saddle. Let's go, let's go, let's go, Olivan said, too loudly. They're coming! Riona turned and took in their positions. Ricklar, flaming sword in hand, leading an airstrike with the other fae, gleaming balls of light from their magic and enchanted weapons. Her heart sank. The three of them on horseback were easy targets. As she swiftly calculated a trajectory for a magical blast and stilled her mind to connect with the spirit mother, a torrent of wild magic surged beside her. Connor. It was as if he had summoned an ice-cold waterfall on each advancing fae. One by one, they fell from the sky and tumbled into the marsh, the boardwalk, or into the path of Imperials, one of whom was just coming too. Riona and Olivan were not immune to the fallout of the blast. An icy wind swept over them and frosted the grass in their wake, nipping the hooves of the horses and solidified their soaking wet clothes. Still, they rode on, deeper into the marsh and away from Drohoven. Connor shouldn't have done that. It took years to know how to properly master and control magic from the spirit mother, to channel it wild, or flow it through an appropriate element, mineral, or other form like blood. To wield such power without instruction was not without consequence on the body or the mind. She gripped him tightly. Her physical strength was barely enough to keep him upright and her atop of the horse, so she squeezed him with dear life, tears flowing freely down her face from exhaustion. You are so foolish, she muttered under her breath. You are training against tomorrow. Mm, he said, and fell swiftly unconscious. Wingtorn. This episode was written, performed, and produced by the author, Claire C. Marshall. The Wingtorn theme music was composed by Cloud Road Music, and additional music is by Irene Chan. For sponsorship or advertising inquiries, or to learn more about my books, please visit wingtorn.com.